All right. The Bobby Bones Post Show Pre-Show. On our, our radio show, we, we talked maybe a couple weeks ago about Eddie's fantasy football team. And it... Because your parents, or your my parents, in-laws, they saw the name of your team. Yeah, they were in town when I was drafting, and they're like, "Explain this whole fantasy draft thing." And I was showing them, and right on the top of my computer screen was my team name, the San Francisco 69ers, <laughs> a play on the 49ers. Yeah, but, but, and then my yeah. mother-in-law was like, "What is what? Why why the 69ers?" You know what I found out later too. My wife said she knows what that means. She, oh, you think I'm she sure was just she messing, was messing with you? I'm like, oh my gosh, she was totally trying to get me. Well, some listeners have asked how the 69ers are doing. Oh, dude, you want to know? Yeah. Undefeated, my friend. Wow. The 69ers are 4-0. and Who's your quarterback? Uh, Josh. No, who's my? Mahomes. Mahomes is on. Really? Yeah. Hope he didn't get corona. Well, I know. In this past week. I know this. Yeah, he's in trouble. That is the thing about fantasy football this year is we have to worry not only about injuries, is corona. That's why you draft the person, even if their handcuff isn't that good, you have them just in case. You're right. But I propose to to our league uh, leader or whatever that they should give us extra points if our player gets corona. Ooh, nice. Come on. An automatic 10. Yeah, right. right. Since they're going to be out for a week or two or whatever, you might as well give us points for them. Is this the sore loser league? Uh, no, this is another league. Okay. Yes. And are you, is it big money league? Yeah, it's big money. How much do you win if you win the whole league? Almost 1000 Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of small money compared to sore losers. But oh, yeah. sore losers is big money, dude. So wait, but how many people are in sore losers? 48. But is it all one? It's not 48 it's a, teams. Yeah, 48 teams. Four so divisions. Div- yeah. But but same players can be in divisions? Yes. yes. So, so in the playoffs, you you have four separate drafts. And so in the playoffs, you can have the same players playing against each it other. It could be Patrick Mahomes versus Patrick Mahomes. Right. Okay, but so it'll all be settled on the players that don't match. Right. Yes. How much money can you win in the sore losers? Come on, tell them what. Uh, it's Twenty three hundred bucks for overall winner, and then like a thousand for second place, five hundred for third, and two hundred bucks for fourth. And every division winner gets two hundred bucks. So who's winning that league right now? Uh, Eddie's undefeated. I, I'm undefeated there too, Bones. What's that team name? Uh, that's right. That's, that one's called just. I think it's what. I think it's called Corona. Corona Eddie or something. Yeah. Something All of them dumb. are like super vulgar names. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie's butt play. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's our second year doing that though. And last year, uh, Ashley from Green Bay won it. She took us all out. You know, Lunchbox. You know her? You're acting like she's no, not <laughs> No, but Lunchbox is just like, girls can't play fantasy, and oh, she yeah. won the whole thing. So, how's your team doing? I'm one and three. I'm the third highest scoring <laughs> team out of 48 teams. Yeah, you had to mention that. I'm but you're just one and three. But you're one and but three. But I'm right? one and three. <laughs> yeah, I'm three and one, baby. One of us is going to win the league, which is really sad because we have all these 45 listeners playing, and we're just going to crush them all, no, which is sad. Because Lunch's team's amazing. He will eventually win his division. I'm crushing my division. I honestly think we're all going to be in the playoffs, and we're just splitting the money, which is not how it was designed. Were you guys chop pot? With us oh, three? No. You know what the chop pot means? Yeah. I'm always game for that. Yeah. Instead of risking it? Yeah. Uh, Wendy Williams was talking about coronavirus on her show. Here's what Wendy Williams calls coronavirus. You can't quite say it. Don't be afraid of Cronova. Don't let it dominate your life. <laughs> Sir, we are here out in the field. We are frightened of Cronova. You got it <laughs> so we can get it. <laughs> Is it that she just can't say it or that I she's trying to make up a word? Twice, though. I say things wrong all the time. <laughs> I try not to do it twice in a row. Sometimes I'll catch myself. But Cronova is very wrong. That sounds uh-huh. like an island. Uh-huh. Guys, we're going to go to Cronova this summer. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's a resort. You'll love it. <laughs> You're going to love the beach at Cronova. Okay. Uh, Amy left um, at one point in the show, which is why she's not here right now. She had some stuff she had to go take care of. So 
I think that's it for now. I give you one final story before we get into the radio show. In Oklahoma City, some jailers face cruelty charges because on loop, musically, they turned the volume way up and they played Baby Shark over and over and over and over again. Is that torture? Two former detention officers and their supervisor were charged Monday after an investigation found inmates at the Oklahoma County Jail. They were forced to listen to Baby Shark on loop at loud volumes for extended periods of time. They were subjected to the inhumane discipline. That's terrible. Listen to that crap. It's terrible, dude. I hear it all the time, too. Yeah, I was going to say, parents hear that all the time. My baby, my foster baby, he loves. And I told you, there's not just Baby Shark anymore. Now it's... I t- brush my teeth, 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 teeth. Uh, They do it to everything. That same melody to yeah. anything. Time to go potty, potty, potty. Like everything. Huh. So you should take him to court. I will. You'll win. The it's president's been set. Inhumane. All right. Enjoy today's show. Check out Kaylee Shore's podcast. She's got one called Too Much to Say. Check out Velvet's Edge with Kelly Henderson. Um, and then uh, here is today's radio show. It was really good. Check it out. Come on, Bobby. Transmitting. Welcome to Wednesday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Uh, let's hear from Chris in Illinois who left a voicemail last night. Morning, studio. The uh, reason for the call is volunteering my services. Go with Lunchbox to the murder house. I'm a cop here in Illinois uh, within driving distance of that location. One thing you might need to think about, Lunchbox, is you've already told people on which day you're going to be there and where that location's at. So you might need somebody to uh, help protect you from inside the house and outside the house if people are going to show up and try to mess with you from outside. So go ahead, give me a call. Have a good day. Why would anyone mess with you? Yeah, what in the world? We didn't think about that, but that's yeah. possible. We just gave your exact location. And this guy just gave people idea. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he just filled this. And he opened that can of worms, oh too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Frank and Charlie are sitting listening now. I got to think about that. Let's go mess with him. <laughs> oh. Dude, how many days? Here we go. 13 days. Until Lunchbox goes to the ex-murderer ghost house. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Well, he's going to spend the night in the house where a bunch of people were murdered. Uh, what's We have an update here on Lauren Elena. Uh, we have an update on my wife because people were concerned that I was going with another chick. And I was like, my wife won't care. And then after I thought about it, I was like, maybe I should ask my wife what she thinks. Lauren Elena, the country singer, said, yeah, I'll go. It's 10 hours there, 10 hours back. So here's Lunchbox secretly recording. Yeah, his my wife. wife has no idea. I found someone to go to the maze with me, or the haunted house. Andy? Who? Lauren Elena. Oh, wow. She wants to? She wants to. Yeah, she said she would do it. She was like, what about your wife? <laughs> I mean, what do you think? I'm fine with it. Um, no. Well, I don't care. Go. <laughs> I feel like this is getting weird. Just, okay. I'm just surprised that you, like, that's a long time to be with just one other person that you don't know that well, but uh-huh. regardless of who it is, but that's okay. fine. If you're fine with it, then do it. Oh. Regardless. Okay. I heard what she said, but what did she mean? No, she just meant that it might be awkward because it's kind of like a stranger and I'm going to be stuck in a car with someone for 20 hours, 10 hours there, 10 hours back, and she goes, but I got no problem with it. So, 
Don't a, you wonder to a little bit have a problem with it just selfishly where you're like, yeah. she should worry because I'm a hot she, commodity. and care about me. <laughs> no, see, I don't because I want her to understand in the world that I'm going to hang out with chicks and that you can be cool with it. And I try to tell you guys my wife is cool and she has no, she doesn't worry about that kind of stuff and it makes life so much easier. Or does so she can, not worry because it's you and she's like, there's no way Lauren's going to try to make out with him. Yeah, and then is she would, would you be that cool if she went on a road trip with some guy? Riley Green. Country yeah. artist. Let's say Riley Green. Yes. Yeah, right. Guys, oh, like, do you understand that? Like, I'm in a marriage and I, I look, I know my wife digs my chili and I dig her chili. What? Like, that's <laughs> all I care about. Chili? And I'm not worried about people bringing chili in and being like, oh, this chili's better. Interesting. <laughs> Why are we comparing to chili? I, I've never heard that before. So, as of today, it's still Lauren. Yes. I have not heard anything. I don't have her number. They won't give it to me. <laughs> see, other people looking out too. Like I was, you know, I was gonna try to hit her up, see what like kind of snacks we need to bring and who's gonna do what. But I, they won't give me her number. As of today, it's still Lauren. Yeah. Okay. And my wife's good. Sounds with like it. it. Yeah. yeah, with it. With it. Let's open up the mailbag. Bobby's mailbag. Morning studio. My name is Derek. To make a long story short, my wife invited her 22-year-old sister to live with us after her boyfriend kicked her out. After living with her myself for two weeks, I can see why he threw her out. Oh, God. (laughs) She's a real slob. She leaves every room a disaster area. Also, she likes to watch TV very loudly at night, which I find rude. Of course, my wife doesn't ask her to pick up after herself or correct any of her behavior because she's, quote, healing right now. So it's not my place to ask her to pick up or is it in the kitchen after she cooks and eats? Also, at what point do I ask her to start paying some rent? Any advice on what to do? Question mark. Signed, Derek. There's your email of the day. Amy, I'll let you hit this one first. Oh, a family meeting needs to happen. And while it's okay to respect her healing process, she can't just walk around and take over somebody's home. And she that needs to be brought to her attention because I don't think she would want to live that way either if she knew and maybe she's yeah she's focused on other things but if you sit down and just say hey we're happy to have you here we're sorry that you're hurting but like to live here we're going to need you to do x y and z and everyone's going to be happier for it because uh when you have one person in your house bringing everything down it's a real you know fun suck you can kind of sense the resentment yes building to a whole new level with him in this and email he'll too explode and mm-hmm. it won't be good and it'll be good for the long-lasting family, not her who's hitting it, quitting it, and getting out, you know? Yeah. And she's also 22. We were all dummies at 22 and didn't quite know what we were doing. She just needs to be shaken a little bit. Hey, we're happy to have you here. And I would be as direct as you possibly could. First, tell your wife. We're having, have, make it a family meeting. But how are you going to have family without her in it? You just need to talk to your wife. Okay. And say, hey, we need to say something to her and then say something to her. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Where but it's not like you want to scold someone else's kid. You also yeah. don't want to scold someone else's sister. So you go, hey, hey, 22-year-old, love having you here. That sucks what you went through, man. And then relate to that. I went through something similar, X, Y, Z. This is how it it hurt me, so I get it. Here's the thing, though. Here, like, we kind of go by these rules, and it's, listen, it's annoying for me to pick stuff up, too, all the time. But I do it so the house stays running. So we're going to need you to focus on that a little more. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, boom. Yeah. It should work a bit. And then you... Rent, after three months, and three months is a long time, after three months is when you start going, hey, if you're going to live here, 
you got to somehow contribute to what we're doing. A month is right about the time where it stops to be comfortable, where it stops being comfortable to uncomfortable. The second month is like, when are they leaving? The whole time. Third month, you're miserable, but that's living there. So after month three, that's when she needs to start contributing. Or if you don't want her to contribute, don't want to live there. Hey, we need to have an exit plan for this. Hey, we're happy to help you. When do you think you'll move out so we can help you get to that place? It, every conversation, all the communication is all about relating and helping, even though it's about kicking her butt out. That's what I say. That's interesting you threw the relating in there, and I think that's super important. In some parenting books I'm reading, especially when you're dealing with teenagers that have been through stuff, the, the one of the best ways to connect with them, if you're looking to connect, is to share a relatable story. It may not be the exact same thing they've been through, but it creates a safe space, and that's that's good. That's what you're doing there. He can create that with a 22-year-old that's not a sister. He can create a safe space for her to feel comfortable and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you're not so bad. I'll do whatever I need to do to, to pitch in. When someone understands you, they'll listen to you. Yes, Exactly. So that's the gist. Yeah, there you go. Good luck with that. That stinks. It'll Good probably, advice, though. It'll mm-hmm. probably happen yeah. a couple more times in life. Your sister, her sister, her mom. Like, I yeah. I moved in with my sister and her husband when I was 22. How'd that go? Because my boyfriend broke up with me, but I didn't oh. live with them. But uh, I think it was fine. I'm sure they would probably tell you some stories where <laughs> it got a little annoying, but I think I tried to help out and do my part. They had a new baby at the time. I would try to babysit if I could to help out. I didn't really pay anything. But if, like, he needed help with his work, he had just started a company, I would go be his assistant for the day. And I don't think he paid me. But, I mean, I had a free place to live. Okay, I hear her resentment growing now, too. (laughs) And that was Bobby's Mailbag. This is Michelle in Pittsburgh. Michelle, welcome to the show. What's going on? Morning, studio. Morning. Well, I wanted to call in real quick and talk about my, the thunder stolen at my wedding. Please do. So my, my younger sister got engaged the morning of my wedding. Wow. Oh. No, 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 no. That's no. bad. Well, is it her fault, though? And She didn't so, do it. Okay, so very, very quickly, they lived in Germany. My sister and her boyfriend at the time lived in Germany. They came home for my wedding. And while they were home in Pittsburgh, his family here, her family here, they got engaged. But they did it on the morning of my wedding, and my father stood up and toasted them at my wedding. (laughs) (laughs) That stinks. Usually I'm on the side of there's enough joy to go around. Yeah, That's a little too close. No, 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 yeah. That cuts a little too—why couldn't they do it the day after the wedding? I I mean, if if you're there only for a short window, why not right after? right. Right. And and yes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. They did it the morning of. Were you so yeah. ticked? Um, you know, I was really happy for her, but her marriage lasted, mine did not. So <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe it was a sign. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm happily married 17 years to my second husband, so it's fine, but... Um, maybe that was a sign for that day. I don't know. What a story. Well, thank you for sharing it with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right. See you later. Yeah. Let's go over to May, who is calling us in Arkansas. May, what's going on? Oh, my gosh. It's actually you. (laughs) Hi. Um, I just wanted to call and um, thank you guys so much. Um, I'm uh, calling from Cabot, Arkansas, um, and I can just relate to you guys. Um, My husband's an Air Force pilot, and um, we're actually um, 
fostering two little girls right now, and um, we just we love listening to you guys. My son, I, I drop him off at his um, developmental school. He's autistic, and we'll sing along to the Bobby Bones show. And I just want to thank you guys so much. Thing, all she needs is a bulldog and to be blind in one eye, and she's right. kind of a part of all of us. Yeah. I mean, Amy's husband was in the in the Air Force; was a pilot. Eddie's fostering kids. Yeah, two two of them. To Dang. Be and I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. That's where she is. Perfect. Holy crap, May! We're basically you. You're like a br- yeah. Well, that's awesome. And and tell your son we say hello and thank you for calling us. I will. Thank you so much. All right. See you later. Bye. Let's do one more. This is Hope in Ohio. Hope, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Morning, studio. Morning. Yay. Okay, cross that off the bucket list. I called because I just wanted to tell Mike, relax. You didn't do anything wrong. My brother proposed to his girlfriend at my wedding, at the wedding reception, and I didn't even know. Who would do that? Why? Who would even do that? That's insane. No, actually, Bobby, it didn't bother me at all. I found out when we got back from our honeymoon, and I really wish they would have let him just tell everybody. All of our family and friends were together, and it would have been a perfect time for them to announce it. I would not have been offended at all. Well, you were wow. very loving and giving, cool. and, and that there's no way. If someone got engaged at my believe- wedding, I would be, I'd be one but hurt forever. <laughs> and then, two, I would just be... Like, you would question their... I would just be confused. How they think. Like, why? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for calling. Thanks for listening to the show, too. Hope we appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks so much. Love talking to you. All right. See you later. Hey, coming up, though, there is a little little drama with Raymundo's wedding. Because this is like day three of this. You can tell when a bit really works. <laughs> <laughs> People are still calling him. Bobby The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30-second skinny. More performers announced for the CMT Music Awards. Kaylee Hammock, Ingrid Andrus, Riley Green, Hardy, Mickey Guyton, and Travis Dinning will all perform. The show is happening October 21st on CMT. Shania Twain shared in an interview that she's been texting with pop artist Harry Styles about a collaboration. Definitely. We text each other off and on about music and and toying with the idea of doing something together. So I believe that, yeah, I think we'll hold each other to that. You can count on it. I'm going to hold him to it. That's a dream collaboration for me, for sure. Luke Combs gave fans another taste of his deluxe album coming out on October 23rd. He shared a teaser of the song called Cold As You. A neon five o'clock broke clock. Plenty damn many when you want more. This broke heart fool on an old bar stool. Drinking beer almost as cold as you. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Music teacher Stephanie Capsa wanted to make sure her students wouldn't miss out on the music class experience because, listen, it's virtual. You're missing a lot of experiences. So she and a group of other teachers came up with a plan to help the kids still be able to connect when they wanted to make music while learning online. She learned there are 7,500 kindergartners through sixth graders in their uh, Appleton Area School District in Wisconsin that need supplies and money and need help. So what they did, they went to all the local music vendors, they went to a bunch of folks in the neighborhood and they raised over $56,000 and she made, they made all these kits with like an egg shaker, rhythm sticks, drumsticks, like a lot of music stuff so they can still have this stuff and do it virtually. Oh, awesome. Pretty cool. Love to see a teacher because most do, man. Most go out of their way to make sure the kids are able to learn and, and, and figure it out. That's what it's all about right there. That was Tell Me Something Good. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day.
This story comes to us from Tempe, Arizona. A man works for Amazon in the customer service department. He tells his friends, hey, set up some fake Amazon accounts and I'll just start issuing you refunds. Ooh. Like, yeah. So they set up eight accounts in over three months. He gave them back $96,000 in credit. <laughs> wow. In three months, wow. not spread it out over a couple years. Three months, ninety six thousand dollars in refunds, and he gets arrested. <laughs> wow! You know this, that probably works if it's less money. Yeah, the office space theory. Just a little. Uh, wow, that's crazy. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. All right, best and worst time. Ready? Up first, the best concert you've ever been to. Best concert. Oh. I'm gonna go Garth and Little Rock. Oh, that was so good. We all went together. That was a big part of it. That's so. Well, you can yeah. have that one if you okay, want. Okay, I'll mean, do John Mayer Minneapolis then, because I was torn anyway. Okay, you take it. John Mayer Minneapolis. Fairly recently. Yeah, both of these are in the last couple years. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go that. Amy, yours. Mine would be Garth Brooks and Little Rock when we took a road trip there. Me and Eddie. It was fun. It was fun. We only went just to go to the show. Like, we just did something for ourselves. Eddie, best best concert? Uh, Man, I want to say that one, but I can't. I mean, Pearl Jam and U2 in Hawaii, to me, was the best. Lunchbox, best concert? Ooh, it had to be Jay-Z and Eminem at Yankee Stadium in New York. <laughs> awesome. Incredible. Was that a gift? It was a gift. Bobby, I mean, I can't thank you enough. You you got those tickets for me, and it was amazing. Worst concert you've ever been to? Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> I think about that one. Oh, man. The worst concert. I'm going to tell you mine because oh, I got it. Mine was just because he was sick and I felt bad for him. Amos Lee at the Ryman, he lost his voice completely. He gutted it out, worked as hard as he could. I love him. He's so good. But it was terrible because I just he couldn't sing. I felt bad for him. So I'm going to go with that for my worst concert. Okay. Worst concert, Amy? Y'all are going to, or some people are not going to like that I'm saying this. But for me, it was because of the people that were around us. I left an Eric Church concert early. Because it was the people where we were. What? They were obnoxious. <laughs> Amy, you did what? I did leave my show. <laughs> so I don't, it wasn't Eric Church's fault, but they were his fans. Eddie. Oh, man, I hate to say this, but when I saw Bob Dylan live once, it's like playing music trivia with the artist. Like, what song is that? It sounds familiar. How does it feel? How does it feel like a Rolling Stone? Like, what is happening? It was terrible. Lunchbox? Man, it would have to be Willie Nelson, guys. What? Uh, oh, what? my God. Get out of here. I-, I went and saw him. He was old. You couldn't understand what he was saying like you're saying about Bob Dylan. And I just <laughs> turned around. I was like, nah, not for me. See you later. Oh, wow. Bye, Willie. Best and worst feelings in the world. Best and worst feelings in the world. Oh. Amy, best? I mean, the best feeling is like, it's a, more of a doing of something, like cuddling up and feeling safe and loved. I feel like that's a really good feeling that we all want. Cuddling? Feeling secure and safe mm. and love. Like, it's a that's a feeling to me. Um, and then... Worst, sick, nauseous, not vomiting. physically. Like the worst feeling in the like, yeah, it's like the worst feeling in the world. Oh yeah, N- nausea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's pretty bad. Okay, all right. Yes, yeah, so it's getting shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's never happened. We're not comparing wow. painful things. <laughs> so like, oh, heart heartache. Like, like a, a great feeling would be. Okay, I got it. 
would be not having to set your alarm because you get to sleep in the next day. Mm. Yeah, I love that. A, a terrible feeling would be for me waking up and going, oh my God, I'm late. Oh gosh, that was mine. That's stressful. Like, those are the feelings. Oh, that, kind of feeling. that is a bad one. Amy's like, best feeling. <laughs> when you get a massage. <laughs> no! <laughs> Amy, I was on your wavelength. Sorry. Amy, I was with you. Whoa, whoa. What feels the best? What's yeah. the best? Fe- Eddie, best and worst feeling? All right, so the best for sure is when you catch a fish and it's biting that line. You're oh, jerking the rod. Oh, that's a good feeling. Great, I don't yeah. know why, but it's such a cool feeling. All right, and? Uh, worse, um, I was leaning with Amy, kind of the physical thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate it when it rains on me. Like... <laughs> Like, I hate when I'm dry and rain is making me wet. I hate that feeling. Lunchbox? Oh, the best feeling in the world is winning. It doesn't matter what it is. Winning a board game, winning a game on this show, winning anything is mm. the best. Win- scratching a lottery ticket and winning $5, best feeling ever. Worst? Losing. <sighs> Losing. No. <laughs> Hunger. Oh, hunger's pretty good. Hunger. When you are hungry, there is nothing worse in the world because all you can think about is food, and that's all you want to do is eat, and it's just it won't go away. I feel like we struggle with this category because yeah. it's a very physical thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like a feeling, like an emotional thing. Yeah, but at first you didn't say that. You just but a feeling. You said feeling. When you get in your feelings, is that because someone punched you? But feeling has okay. different meanings. Best you... and worst sound. Uh, wait, did you do wait, wait, yours? You didn't do you yours. Didn't do yours? Yeah, yes, I did. Oh, um, the alarm. The, alarm turn, oh. the feeling. A... The feeling you just get to sleep in the night. You're like, this is gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any pressure. I'm having to wake up. And the worst is, as you can see, I'm very time oriented in my life. <laughs> the worst is when you wake up and you're already late. <laughs> That's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. Best and worst sounds. The worst sound is nails on a chalkboard. Oh. I cannot handle that. The best sound is, I don't know. I'll go while you think about it. Best sound is, for me, when I write a new joke and I'm on stage doing stand-up and the first time I deliver it and the crowd just goes, ha, and laughs hard, that is the best, most rewarding sound. Yeah. Because you're always vulnerable trying out new material. And when it hits and people laugh, and that's just the best to me. That that fills me on the inside. That's pretty cool. Um, The worst is a dentist drill. Terrible. Uh, what's your best? I don't know. Music. <laughs> Music, okay. <laughs> like a song that I like when it comes on, but that goes back to feelings, and that would be the best feeling. Eddie? I was going to say the best sound is uh, just sports on TV. Like, oh. I don't even need to be watching it. I love the sound of a TV with sports on. Um, the worst to me is probably silence. I don't like silence. That scares me. Lunchbox? Uh, best sound is me as a baseball hitting a baseball bat. Oh. The crack of the bat is just, that makes me feel. With a roar. So, no, no oh, just oh, the crack okay, of the okay. bat. I love that. Worst sound is someone writing in a regular pencil. If it's not mechanical, <laughs> it gives me the chills, and I it drives me nuts. Reality shows, best and worst. Amy. Best would be Real Housewives, like all of them. Okay. And then worst would be, uh, what was that, Jim Tan Laundry one? Jersey, oh, Shore. Jersey Shore. Get out of here. Very terrible. <laughs> yes, so bad. Oh. Eddie? Man, I don't watch reality TV, so I don't know. Best Big Brother, worst real world. Who knows? I don't care. Lunchbox? <laughs> uh, tie for best is Survivor and the Challenge, and the worst is Love Island and Big Brother. Two shows <laughs> Ray tells me are great, and they are horrendously bad. You love them? Awful. That nothing Island. happens. I've watched all summer, three nights a week, and nothing <laughs> happens. Watch them all. Nothing. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, best and worst for me. Best American Idol. Uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and worse. The Voice. <laughs> okay. 
You know what? I'll go with that one. Good one. <laughs> or the or the teens getting pregnant. Oh yeah. Oh, All the teens getting pregnant. pregnant. Oh come on. Yeah, teen mom. All those shows are a little tough for me. Ray's wedding's coming up in a little over two weeks. And so him and Bay have been together for six years or so, right? Yeah. And when you were deciding on your first dance song, did you kind of go through your time together or did you pick a song that was current? Pretty much a current song that we've heard on the radio that's good. Okay. And you, you decided to go with what? We went with Taylor, Lover. Now I remember. Lover. And that's you and her's first dance. Yeah. And so, but now you're changing it? We had to just because of the political climate, and I believe there's a debate right before our wedding, and everybody right now is Democrat, Republican, and it's a hard line, so we just said get away from that because we feel like this is a very political artist. Because Taylor Swift hates Donald Trump. Yes. You're not going to play her at your wedding. We didn't want people hearing it and being like, I don't associate her music. Of course not. I can take the art and the artist and separate them. Yeah. Almost every time. Sometimes I can if it's R. Kelly, <laughs> when it's something like that. Yeah. But even then, I'm still like, man, I love I Believe I Can Fly. But I don't. <laughs> but but I, does anyone, when he played that, go, well, because Taylor Swift hates Donald Trump, he probably shouldn't play that. No, nope. I didn't even, no, think, I didn't even think about that. Mm-mm. Nope, nope. Now that Ray's brought it to my attention. I still don't think it. No. <laughs> but who brought that up between you guys? We just started, we discuss random stuff on the patio all the time. And that was something we thought about. Hey, it's a really, I mean, there's a divide right now with politics in our country. Why play an artist that's really political? I just don't think of Taylor as being, I think she has a side and she uses her platform to educate about the things that she feels strongly about. But I don't think she's negatively political. I mean, she goes. I feel she goes very, very okay. hard. With Maybe I just don't see as hard she goes. So it's still up in the air what we're going to switch it to. Uh, but we have kind of thrown around a song from when me and her both kind of grew up with. Okay, what was which it? Which is like really nostalgic for everybody. Truly, madly, deeply. Savage Garden. Garden. <laughs> what is this like? Two thousand one or something? I mean, this is our wheelhouse when we were kids at school dances. Interesting pick. You guys didn't know each other then, but mostly it's about the, the message of the song. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted to dance to this song when we were at, in school. Savage Garden, Truly Madly Deeply, 1997. <sighs> and they're not American, I don't think, right? No, but that doesn't matter. Well, no, if they're trying to stay poli- away from political stuff, I think they're good here. Oh, you mean they're staying oh, out of yeah. it? Yeah. Guys. Pretty neutral. Taylor Swift hasn't posted on Instagram since August 18th. Maybe her Instagram stories. Okay. Yeah, okay. Mike, right? She's been doing a lot of her stories. Oh, story. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, wait, I need to go see this. How have I been missing it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I think it's it. fine. I right, like I Lover. Think you, I would like to encourage you to stay with Taylor Swift Lover. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the first thing that happens is somebody yells out, Democrat, <laughs> right when we're trying to dance. <laughs> Who would do that, though? Maybe my parents. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, when's the election? What did they even pay? November 3rd. Okay. Yeah, so that yeah, is right, be right before. before. <laughs> oh, right before. I mean, just say, hey, we're actually, so yell back. We're keeping politics out of this. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. If you do change it, let us know the song you've changed it to. Right. I would encourage you not to change it. Okay. Show? Anyone agree with him? Mm, no. Okay. We're all, for once, yeah, on the same it. side of, of being against Ray on this. Okay. I will put it on Facebook, too, because our listeners on oh. Facebook have nothing political to say. <laughs> yeah, they're not passionate about either <laughs> oh, side. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> 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 
This is Molly from Southern California. I wanted to let you know that I have been a part of the COVID vaccine trial and I got my first shot and so far I have felt fine. It feels like a flu shot. I, you know, my arm feels a little tender and there's like a tiny little like Charlie horse knot, but otherwise I feel fine. So maybe that will encourage you and I can call you after I get my second shot in a month and let you know how that goes and that'll encourage everyone else to get the vaccine when it is available. Then she said, and I cut this off, her third eye in her neck is growing out and she's just now starting to see through it. Wow. <laughs> she's so brave. That's pretty cool though that she's Man. in the vaccine trial. Um, Eddie said he had good news and bad news regarding his yes. COVID. Good yes. news. Good news is I think I can smell now again. I'd say close to 100%. My neighbor had a little fire going in the backyard, and I can smell it from my house, which that was not a thing last week. So that's good. Bad news is the doctor said antibodies are going to last till October, mid-October-ish. I think now those things are connected in my mind. I feel like now that I'm smelling more, that might mean my antibodies are going away and I'm no longer superhuman. So I can't be like, hey, what's up, everybody? Shake my hand. I'm good. No, I might have to go back to normal now. What do you mean you're not normal? Who's shaking your Why hand would you anyways? Shake it? You could still pass it on. I know, yeah. but mentally I was like, yeah, this virus can't do anything to me. Now I'm like, all right, now I got to just chill. Back back again like everyone else. It's kind of scary, man. It's kind of scary. Because well, I'm telling you, for a little bit, I felt invincible. But I'm back to normal. I wish I was invincible. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So Halloween is almost here, and it's obviously going to look a little bit different because of coronavirus. But a group of parents want people to put purple pumpkins outside their houses to show that they're a safe location for trick-or-treaters. So if you've got a purple pumpkin, you're telling people that, hey, we've been sticking to the health guidelines for COVID-19, and no one has tested positive Uh. here. Step right up. Mm. I don't like that mm. because yeah. I would feel pressure in my pumpkin purple even if I hadn't been doing that. <laughs> right. And then everybody's guidelines in their head are a little different mm. as to what they've been doing. So, yeah, I just don't know how. I'm sure that for some this can be really like a good example of like, hey, yeah, this is what we've been doing and you can feel safe to go in here. But how could you can't know. Yeah. There's no way, right. but look for purple pumpkins while you're trick-or-treating. So this guy in North Carolina, he applied for Paytech Protection Program loans. Paycheck Protection? Yeah, yeah, the ones, yes, that came up. And he used all the names from Game of Thrones to do it, to, to fraud, like to get money. So he got paychecks in everyone's name. Yeah, well, he only got a few of them approved, which how that even happened, I'm not quite sure, but he applied for 14 PPP loans, and that's over $6.1 million, and he received wow. he received more than $1.7 million. Wow. <laughs> Did they say who they, they sent him to Khaleesi? <laughs> yeah, Khaleesi, White Walker, uh, The Night's Watch. Okay. White Walker? <laughs> Is that anyone even through? reading wow. these names? Well, I think eventually somebody put it together because an investigation was launched and yeah, all the there was fake documents, falsified wow. tax filings. How dumb of him not to just use names that he made up of generic people. It's like he wanted Ob- to get caught. Obviously White Walker's not gonna last forever. <laughs> Someone's eventually gonna catch that. Uh, all right, what else? He's a big Game of Thrones fan. So Reba McIntyre has a new boyfriend. I guess they started dating earlier this year. And it's the CSI actor, Rex Lynn. I saw C- a picture of him. Didn't know who he was. Oh, CSI Miami? Mm. You didn't ever watch? Mm-mm. Okay, I know who he is. I saw the headline. I thought it was going to be Horatio, the redhead dude from CSI Miami. Oh, but yeah, it's no, not. No, that would have no. been cool. Mm. 
No. <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are. We well, did. listen, I'm glad she's got a new boyfriend. I knew her old boyfriend a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. Was his name Skeeter? Or- yeah. <laughs> Scooter. Skeeter. Scooter. Peter. She said because... Whoever it was, I sat with him a couple times to talk with him. Yeah, what? She said that because of the pandemic, they were able to really get to know each other well through texting, FaceTime, and talking. Good. Yeah. I bet that guy's going to be like, I got Reeve McIntyre. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it was Anthony Skeeter Lazuso. Yeah, hey. Skeeter, I told you. You, would just, you guys laughed at me like I was wrong. You would just wrong. call him Skeeter? I'd be like, hey, I'd be like Skeet, 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 Skeet. <laughs> Skeeter is a photographer that she met through her friend Kix Brooks. Yeah, like a nature photographer. Uh, yeah. You knew that. Yeah, he made money in the oil business. Yeah. <laughs> I know Skeet, 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 Skeet. All right, okay, what else? Which, speaking of Kix Brooks, just quickly, he's going to be in the movie along with Ray Lynn called A Nashville Christmas Carol, and it's set to premiere on the Hallmark Channel as part of their Hallmark Christmas movies on November 21st. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I saw Ray Lynn at a movie, outside of a movie trailer on her Instagram going, I'm shooting a movie. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. A Nashville Christmas Carol is one of 40 new holiday-themed movies that will premiere on the Hallmark Channel this year, starting October 23rd. I think Jana Kramer did one of those, too, pretty recently. Mm. Finished another one. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, Dolly Parton and Runaway June are also releasing new holiday projects. Yeah, well, um, is Dolly's already out? Dolly's is out, I believe. Yes. Or maybe one song of it. The whole thing's out? Yeah, I think it did come out. We talked about it. All right, I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So there's a Zumba teacher named Carlos, and when the pandemic hit, he had to shut down his in-person Zumba classes. So then he decided to do them online from his apartment. He turned it into like a Honolulu, Hawaii theme and told his students, hey, I don't want you to pay for these. I'm just putting these up. If you really want to make a payment, just donate to the Hawaiian Food Bank. And so that's what they did. And so far, his students have donated around $7,600. Wow. He didn't want any money, huh? No, and he's still, they're still getting their Zumba on. That's still be like, well, let me just get my, my rent. <laughs> and then we'll... But- well, I don't know. I think that he probably has a job. Some Zoom, you know, fitness oh, instructors... Zumba's not full-time? I know, I don't know. I'm saying some <laughs> fitness instructors that I knew or know, they have a, a job, and then teaching a couple of classes a week is their hobby, passion type thing. You know, I saw... Who watched Last Chance You in this room? Anybody? Nobody, you guys don't watch last year. No. The first couple not seasons, the least, but so on the, the first two seasons, they're in Mississippi, um, Eastern Mississippi. It's a community college down there, and the girl Brittany, who works as the director of all the student, the student athletes, to make sure they get the grades to be able like to a get counselor out. Counselor, yeah, or yeah. She's like the star of the first two seasons, and she, I was reading, she's a boxing coach now as well. So she left that. She's not working there anymore. She goes around and speaks to folks because she's super inspirational, and she's also a boxing coach. And I was like, huh. That makes sense, though. Yeah. That, last chance, you. Yeah, I know. You keep talking about it. Did you love it, Lunchbox? Or no? I loved the first two seasons, but then when they moved to Kansas, I just never got back into You'd it. You'd love that one even more. Really? Season three and four are nuttier. Oh. Maybe I'll get that on that. That coach in season three, crazy. Also, it's a good one that if your your wife isn't into sports or your girlfriend, because they get attached to the players, just the storyline. It's not all about football. Not much okay. football in there, actually. That's cool. No, yeah, a little I agree. Bit, but yeah, it's, it's a good couple show. It's a fair couple show. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Caitlin loves it because she loves football. Yeah. Yeah. I well, coming from me, I don't love football, and I enjoyed it. Nice. There you go. That's what it's all about. Thank you. That was tell me something good. The question that I read this morning was, "Does your spouse think you're funny?" Amy, does your husband think you're funny? Yes. 
Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Why? How, how? What's your sense of humor I don't to know him? he tells me that I'm funny. That's one of the things he says he likes about me, that I'm funny. Like, what is, if you were to ask him, like, what's Amy's sense of humor style? What would he say? Uh, quick-witted, sarcastic at times. <laughs> Do you not think I am? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're really either like, one of those. I would say your, your, your randomness is what's funny about you. Okay, you don't think I'm quick? That's interesting. I think you're quickish. Okay. Well, then he must like my quickish humor. Yeah. Do you think Amy's quick-witted? No, not really. No, not really. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize you. Really? Mm-hmm. I think you're funny. You I are think you're funny, random. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're funny. I just wonder what, how your husband defined your humor. You're not sarcastic, really. I can be. Okay, we all can be. Okay. So I'm just randomly funny. Is what you're saying that I just get lucky? You're very random. <laughs> I know. No, not not no, no, get no. lucky, but no, you're you... very good at being random. Yes. Like I never know what you're gonna say. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I guess I'm random. Yeah. Which I see as quick-witted. <laughs> well, we all have our different definitions. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And I know that a lot of people wouldn't know this about him, but he's he's funny too. Which is hard. He is? <laughs> what, what, what? I don't know. About he that. is. I swear. <laughs> like, I know him. I know. But and I'm going to tell you, and I like him. He doesn't show a lot of people that side. I don't it, think I've ever <laughs> laughed at anything he's ever said. You haven't because he doesn't say it in front of you. Would you say he's quick He doesn't. It? No, I'd say he's got a really dry sense of humor that he doesn't let a lot of people see. He's got a dry, quiet, hidden sense of humor. <laughs> By the way, not a slide. I like him. Right. I know. Even I'm surprised sometimes when I laugh because <laughs> I'm like, I forget you're funny. Well, studies show women truly care about a man's humor. They consider it an extremely attractive quality. You think your husband is one of the best five things about him is this funny? No. Oh, maybe number five. It's, it's, it's up there because it is maybe with him it's a little random too, but it's it's. It, it catches me off guard, and I do laugh, so there's that. Uh, Shayna in Nashville's on. Hey, Shayna, how are you? What's going on? Hey, good morning, studio. Morning. morning. Um, I am moving from Nashville to Nebraska. I have no family there, and I was just wondering if you had any advice for someone moving by themselves. I've done that before. I've moved to a place I didn't know a single soul. And my first advice would be that when you're feeling a little overwhelmed and lonely, that that's absolutely okay and that's just normal. So don't feel like that you're isolated in this because anyone that goes through this goes through a really tough time. However, everyone that goes through this, most of myself, I'm going to include myself in this, you end up growing from it and either loving it so much because you went through something difficult, learned from it, made new good friends, or you go, you know what, this just wasn't for me. Like I finally learned what I don't want to do. And it's go here. So I'm going to tell you first that you're going to, it's just going to be a great experience for your life. Secondly, it's tough because the pandemic, it's tough just to go out and do stuff. So um, we'll just say the pandemic doesn't exist. So when things get a little back to normal, it, if you can find a place to volunteer a little bit, you'll meet like-minded people. Church, if you go to church, you'll meet like-minded people. It's all about meeting people that have the same, um, the same social interest that you Values. do yeah so yeah or, or even if you have a favorite workout you like to do like when i gym, moved gym i works, met yeah. my friend at the gym i just went up to her yeah and then yeah. we ended up liking yoga and we would go do that together and met more people and then once you meet one person you might meet some of their friends and then it's a slow process yeah. you're gonna love yourself for it but it will take a second and don't feel overwhelmed when it's not going your way at first. Because you go to a new city and all the news channels are weird and the news anchors look <laughs> funny. The people on the radio are stupid because you don't know that their stories yet. But it's going to be awesome. And people in Nebraska are super nice, Shana. So good luck.
Uh, let's go over to Amy and get the morning corny in. Here we go. The morning corny. What are King Kong's favorite cookies? What are King Kong's favorite cookies? Chocolate chimp. What? Chocolate chimp? <laughs> get it? No, we get it. Yeah. Uh, we get it. No, 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 no. We're redoing it. That was the morning corny. Do another one. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I mean. Go ahead. Where does a dog keep its car? Where does a dog keep its car? In a barking lot. Okay, better. Uh, like that, yeah, like better. Good. Okay. Okay, guys, they can't all be winners. No, I know. Well, we thought your wit would. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, well, this is, of course, the day that I don't bring a joke that you laugh at. But, I mean, you only laugh once every, I don't know, three weeks. You may have heard this voicemail on the show yesterday. Here you go. Good morning, studio. Or should I say, buenos dias, studio. I just want to say I have some beef with Eddie. You've branded yourself as our favorite Mexican, which, by the way, you very much are. But, dude, it's been Hispanic Heritage Month, and we need a Hispanic segment from you. Here's a couple of ideas that I have. Either Spanish Word of the Day, Heritage Month Edition, or Music School, about Mexican music or its influence. Anyway, Hispanic Heritage Month ends October 15th, so you still have time. All right, today's October 7th. Eddie? Give us a little piece of this. It's a lot of pressure, but you know I'm always loaded with the Spanish word of the day. So let me give you that right now. The word of the day, my friends, is vaso. Vaso. That means glass. Like a glass. Not like a window glass, but a glass. So let me use that in a sentence. There stands the vaso. <laughs> Sam, huh? You get it? No. What? What? From... Not recognizing the Sam Hunt song. The sample and hard to forget. Okay. No. Web Pierce? I mean, I know the sample. What is the real, what is the English? The glass. Glass. I know, but I guess I never knew who sang theirs. Oh my gosh. How about, I'm going to need some whiskey, vassos. <laughs> there you go. And you even used it in the right se- uh, tense. Because plural. Because it's plural, vassos. Good job, Bones. Thank you. Anything else? Oh, that's my Spanish word of the day. But I did want to say, too, you know, because this listener brought this up. Influential, like, Hispanic country artist to me growing up was uh, Rick Trevino. Do you remember him? Mm -hmm. Yes. Man. Growing up, he, like, really inspired me. I never knew I'd be a part of country music, like, be on this show and all. But at that time, I'm like, wow, this is a guy that's like me, my culture, my heritage, making it in country music and at that time I loved 90s country so him to me changed my life as far as getting into country music would you consider him to be Texas country I don't know I didn't see didn't I didn't really know what that was then Texas country would you consider him now yes now for sure he's Tejano like that's that's the difference between me and you know a lot of other Hispanics in, in, in the US I'm Tejano like my for three generations my family's been in Texas. When Texas was Mexico, we've been Tejano. So that was very special to me. And then growing up, my dad, man, listen to the Texas Tornadoes. Those guys. Freddie Fender? Freddie Fender, dude, to me, is what, you know, Hispanic in-country music meant. Pretty awesome. I feel pretty heritage. That's what I'm talking yeah, I about. I do. All right. Thank you, Eddie. So we're going to be the jury here, Amy. And we're going to decide if your lie to your son is a bad lie or a white lie. Okay. 
Right. So it, tell the show what happened. It could be true. Go ahead. Tell Maybe. the show what happened. So one of my son's favorite songs right now is Nobody But You. We listen to it every single day. Blake and Gwen. Yes. I don't want to meet nobody but you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to meet. Yeah, I live without you. I don't want to even okay. breathe the whole song over and over. <laughs> and he, we were outside singing it and he said, hey, r- record this because he wanted to play drums with rocks or percu- do percussion with these rocks. And he was excited to see himself back and then asked me to post it to Gwen and Blake for them to see, to make sure that they got it got on their Instagrams. Like in his mind, I think he thinks it goes to their page right away. And so he's thinking they're going to see it. So he asked me if I thought they saw it, and I was trying to keep... The mood was very great that moment. Everything was really awesome, and I was trying to keep it awesome, and I didn't want to bring it down by saying they wouldn't see it, so I just said, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, Blake and Gwen, they saw it, for sure. I'm watching it right now. If I tag them, they saw it. Yeah. And the truth is, probably, if I tag them, they didn't see it. (laughs) So, you know, they don't follow me, and I don't know how into their DMs on Instagram they are, so... Yeah, they probably didn't see it, but he, I made him think they saw it. Bad lie or white lie? Mm. Eddie? Mm. I think that Amy... Because they could have. Yeah, they absolutely could have. Yeah. That, that's the okay. beauty of social media. Relax. There is Thank a you. chance that they saw it. Yeah. And, and I don't think Amy lied in this case, Bones. I think I'm, I'm no, cool No, no, no. She definitely she lied. lied. No, I didn't. Well, no, she did not. I said they saw it. Probably, maybe. <laughs> they probably, I just didn't like. I just didn't voice the probably part really loud. I just well, I tagged them and went to their Instagram. They saw it. And probably. really, Amy's right again about you know, like if it's gonna make him happy to think that they saw it, dude, feed him all he wants. Lunchbox. Listen, Amy, you had a chance to teach your son a life lesson, and you missed that opportunity. What was right? that? You could have told him, look, not everybody sees everything, but instead you lie to him so he thinks everybody sees anything he posts. And so now as he gets older, he's going to post things, and when they don't see it, he's going to have his heart broken. You could have saved him from that and just taught him a life lesson. That's a bad lie. <laughs> he hasn't asked to post or tag anybody okay, since. Well, yeah. It's not like it's going to be his new thing, I don't mm. think. But it was just in the moment. I was desperate for a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a white lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough because yeah. but but honestly, you know that maybe there is a percentage that they could have seen it. I guess I could go to see if it was seen ever. Like what do you always say, Bones? Like you can't prove that they didn't see yes, it. Yes, I can. You can it look and see if it's seen, seen or not. Dang it. Yeah, no, no, you can't. <laughs> I think as long as this isn't a thing where you're always acting like no, you're sending no, no. messages to people from him oh, that yeah. he could never reach. Yeah, no, I would never want to Oh, do this phone for the rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he saw it. He'll see it. <laughs> Anything you want to say to the Kardashians? <laughs> I can't believe the only parent that's ever done this. If a kid's like, oh, hey, send this to Bobby Bones. And I'm sure the parents are like, oh, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe five or six-year-olds. Bobby talked about you on the radio today. It was great. But your son is? (laughs) Ten. Oh, that's that's been a little long for that, May I say he's ten, but given he's been in America three years and his early years, he's not developed as a ten-year-old. He's younger than 10 emotionally. He's more like six. And it's fine to say that to a six-year-old, right? Yeah, six-year-old would be, yeah. I'm going white lie anyway. White lie wins. 
Good. But we had a good, and we'll put it up on Facebook and no. let our listeners go devour <laughs> Wait, so that. So can I go uh, to hold devour. on Gwen Stefani's DMs with? Oh, oh, it doesn't say seen. No, it definitely hasn't been seen. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, do do. Don't tell him about that feature. <laughs> oh, do do. <laughs> Let's see how many of the top three songs in country music you can sing back, Amy. Okay. At number three this week is Jason Aldean. Got what I got. Can you sing it back? Go ahead. Got what I got, cause I got it, and then when I got it, I was like, "Oh, look what I got!" What? Do I even know this song? I got. Well, okay, let me get my Jason Aldean. Got what I got, cause I got it. Cause I got what I got. I don't miss what I had. And that, I got it. You, I you, want it. You get no points. Here so you go. Bad. When I got what I got, I don't miss what I had. The old me all right, number two, Luke Combs, Loving on You. Mm. Oh, you, you got this. Can you sing back? I can, but now I have that song in my head. I'm loving on you. <laughs> loving on you. Nothing? Lo- give me a hint. Because I'm in love. Loving, loving on you. Yeah. for two. Yeah, I know. The number one song in country music is Lee Bryce, One of Them Girls. One of them girls. One of them girl. I, that's it, right? One. Mm. Hold on. One of them. One of them girls. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're going to go now. She went over. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, never mind. It goes like this. I can't grab it. Like one of them girls who fat me 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 you one of them girls oh, yeah. ain't trying to not be my number yeah. don't just wanna love my body hey, over three okay God. do you know how to sing the song the number one pop song is Savage Love oh. from Jason Derulo Josh six eighty five BTS Savage Love no. Bam, bam, bam. I think we shut you out today. The number one dance song, by the way, is from Cruella and Yellow Claw. This oh, is yeah. Rewind. Oh, yeah, stop it. Here you go. Here's Rewind. Is it just me? Do you ever feel the years go by? No. Gives me a headache. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, psychologists found people in their 80s are happier than the rest of us for three main reasons. One, they know their purpose, they stress less, and they live in the moment. It's always people who are super old or super young are the happiest. Yeah. Because either we're not affected by it because we don't know it yet or because we've been through all the crap and we realize it's not near as important as we put on it. Oh. Mm-hmm. And we, you would think we would see these stories enough times and learn from this. Like there's a reason older people are happier because they realize all the crap that we're worried about for the most part doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. But we don't. We go about our days focusing on the wrong things. Stress out all day. Stressing out about stuff that's not going to matter in three weeks. Yeah. So, man, if you're in your 80s, you're probably just grateful, huh? Yeah. Just if you're in your 80s and you're healthy, like look at our two presidential candidates. They're both really old. And they're both one step away from being the president to get for another four years. But they're really stressed out. And they'll probably oh, be really that job. I'm out. sure that job is just... <laughs> oh. Yeah, there was a guy who put up a billboard... To find a girlfriend, and 
We talked about it back when it went up. So the update is he spent 550 bucks on a billboard back in January to find a girlfriend. Now he's in a relationship with one of the women who contacted him, and he says they're in love. So wow. it worked. The guy's 30 years old. Back in January, he put it up. It said, single, question mark, date mark. This could be the sign you're waiting for. And a 28-year-old woman reached out, and they went out, and all of a sudden, they're together, and they say they're in love. I saw a real interesting thing on TikTok the other day where this girl was like, hey, I started this new job uh, a couple of years ago, and I sent an email out to everybody in the office. There were like 20 people. And I said, hey, I'm going for a hike at this place if anyone wants to come. I don't really know anyone. So why don't we all, if you are free, come on this hike with me? And she goes, of that, one person responded. And then the camera rolls over, and it's to a dude. And he goes, he worked in the same office, only one that came. We're now engaged to be married. That's oh, wow. cool. And I was like, that's so cool. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty cool. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Thomas Valeski is a Vietnam vet, and last year his house was broken into, and a lot of things were taken, including his military medals and honors, and he was really sad about it. And the detective working on the case, Frank Corona, was also a Marine vet, and he was like, man, we got to do something about these medals. We can't find them anywhere. So he worked with his supervisor. They found a company, found replacement medals. They got new ones made, put them in a shadow box, and they called Frank or Thomas before his 84th birthday. said, hey, come on down. We got a birthday present for you. And it was all the medals replaced in a shadow wow. box. Wow. That had to be so special, man. He said it gave him chills and he was speechless. And he goes, that's what you expect from a fellow Marine. Crap, man, it gave me chills. Dang, that's awesome. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. We're moments away from sending Mike D out with his sign. <laughs> I guess we can send him out now. Uh, if you're watching us on camera right now, <laughs> Mike, do you want to bring the sign out and show everybody? Yeah. Oh, boy. Mike D lost a bet. <laughs> And this is his sign. Do you need him to walk somewhere out of your Oh, easy. I'm right on it. The sign says, I've been a bad boy, and this is my punishment. <laughs> so you can go ahead and head out, Mike. Okay. Call the hotline. <laughs> Poor guy. He was just recommending his movies. Mike's going to go outside for 30 <laughs> minutes and hold that sign up at a, a busy uh, part of town. And so he, he recommended us all movies. His expertise is movies. And if we all didn't love it, he got penalized. Because and, he was very sure that we yeah. would all love the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't. <laughs> But, yeah, watch us. Um, we got to put it up on Facebook. Can we stream that? Him out there? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who's going with him so okay. we can get it streamed. Uh, you can follow us, Bobby Bone Show, on Facebook or Instagram. Let's do the big story now. Let's go. Bobby's Big Story. Yesterday, Eddie Van Halen, the legendary guitarist and former co-founder of Van Halen, died after a long battle with cancer. Years of jumping around on stage took a toll. He had a hip replacement surgery in 1999. He also had cancer in his throat and his tongue, which caused him to lose part of his tongue. The cancer claimed his life on October 6, 2020, which was yesterday. He was 65 years old. Now, for me, I know Van Halen from listening to classic rock radio, basically. Yeah. But I know you were a big fan because your brother was, your older brother. I was. That's all I heard growing up. My brother was just Blair Van Halen. That was his favorite band. Eddie Van Halen was his idol. So, yeah, this was big. I talked to him yesterday and... My brother was hit hard by it. Really? You know, like, usually a celebrity death doesn't really take someone down like that, but my brother was, he was really sad about it. The top five streaming Van Halen songs. Number five, Ain't Talking About Love. I don't know that one. You don't? Not really. I, really I barely miss Van Halen, right? Like, yeah. I came in at Garth Brooks and Nirvana, musically for me. So I missed a lot yeah. of that right before it. Uh, number four, I do know Hot for Teacher. 
You know, thinking about Van Halen too, they had different lead singers, but the two Van Halens were the only two that were the consistents in the band. Yes. David Lee Roth was the lead singer. The Red Rocket was a, Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar was a lead singer. The guy from Extreme ended up being a lead singer. <laughs> Very late, yeah. So they kept switching out the lead singers. Uh, number three, Running with the Devil. Running with the Devil. Okay, I know yeah. this one. Number two, Panama. Oh. Ones. Even ain't talking about love? Yeah. Was no, it? no Sammy Hagar yet. Okay, here we go. Number one, jump. Jump. Might as well jump. And honorable mention is you really got me. You really got me now. So rest in peace to one of the best guitarists, at least one of the most distinct and For best sure. guitarists ever. Because even I can hear guitar playing and know that's Eddie Van Halen. Yes. And it's so hard to have someone be so precise with an instrument and so good that you can identify them just by what they're doing with their actions. Like, I can hear Brad Paisley play guitar, and I know it's Brad Paisley. He does kind of like the chicken picking. Correct. I can hear Eddie Van Halen. I know it's him. You know, there are just certain folks that you can hear and go, oh, that's so recognizable and so distinct because it's their sound. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace to Eddie Van Halen. There was another guy that died yesterday, and you'll definitely know his song. Johnny Nash died at 80. He has I Can See Clearly Now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. Jam song, huh? Yeah, man. Has lasted to over the test of time. I can see all obstacles. Pa- Nash passed away on Tuesday of natural causes at his home in Houston, Texas. He got his start in pop music in the 1950s. Uh, this was 1972, and it was a number one for four weeks. It's gonna be nah, right by, right by, right Good. Rest in peace to both those guys. But yeah, it stinks, man. Man, you know the the silver lining when we lose musicians like this is we have their recordings for the rest of our lives. Like it's selfish a little bit of us, but man, you know it's cool to go back and listen to these, these the music that they left us. For me, I often say people that create art never die because. Yeah. I wouldn't know the difference if either one of these two guys was living or dying. I could still consume their music. Right. So to me, they're not dead. Right. And they're not making new music where I'm sitting here ready to get. It's like Tom Petty. To me, Tom Petty's not dead. Yeah, good, good. that's a good example. Because I wasn't waiting for Tom Petty's latest release, but I still can't get enough of Wildflowers, that, the record. I still can't get enough of you know the stuff with the Heartbreakers. And I go back and listen to it. Tom Petty's alive to me yeah. because he created and his work lasts. And I don't know him. Mm-hmm. So that's the great thing about being a fan of someone who creates an art is they never really die to you. Yeah. Some part of them always stays alive, and some part of them will always stay alive. All right, that's your big story. Thank you, guys. Bobby's Big Story. Let's check in with Mike D real quick, who is out. Mike, are you out in the spot right now? I'm out in the spot. Are there cars at all driving around? There's people honking at me, stopping and seeing what I did. It's awful. All right, tell our listeners what your sign says. So my sign says, I've been a bad boy, underlined, and this is my punishment. So he's going to stay out there for half an hour and hold this sign. What are you telling him you did? I said something awful and I'd rather not say. Nice. There he is. (laughs) Make him think the worst. That's funny. Okay, Mike, he's on. We'll check back with him in a second. He's on Instagram Live, though, right, Morgan? Yeah, on our show page. Okay, so Bobby Bones Show, and you can see Mike D holding the sign right now on Instagram Live. 
Okay, let's go talk to Missy in Illinois, who's back. Hey, Missy, thank you for calling the show. What's going on? Hey, Bobby. Hey. Quick question. Um, now that we're talking about weddings and uh, Mike D got engaged, and I was just thinking about you and your wedding. I know you haven't gotten engaged yet, but parents um, play a really big role in the wedding. And I was just curious if you had thought about um, if you're going to possibly invite your dad or how that might work. I know probably Arkansas Keith plays that role for you, but I just was curious. That's interesting. Good Whoa. question. Probably Whoa. not. I haven't thought about that. Uh that what I have thought about is like you, I guess the mother and son do a dance. Does mm-hmm. that happen at weddings? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't. My mom's not alive. She hasn't been alive for a while. So that stinks that I don't have a mom to do that. My real dad has never been in my life. He left when I was five, six years old. But he's still he's he exists. I met him again a couple years ago. I, the whole first chapter of my last book was me just going. I got to go meet him and see what the problem is here. But I don't think, right, I don't think I would invite him. Just as a guest, wouldn't invite him. I think that too much attention would be on that situation. For sure, I'd be looking yep, for him. everybody be watching. <laughs> and it wouldn't be that fair to her, and I wouldn't want to worry about that. I often have trouble with people doing things for me anyway. I don't like being the, oddly, for someone who demands the center of attention for a job, I never want to be it when I'm not at work. I feel guilty that people have, that, that are, people are doing things for me. So uh, Arkansas Keith was my stepdad for uh, a bunch of years, so he would for sure come. But maybe he'd dance with me. <laughs> he, he would, that would do the, the son-father dance the, with Arkansas Keith. The, the stepdad for a few years, <laughs> son dance. Ray, you and your mom dancing? Oh, yeah. What song? Still got to figure that out. It's up in the air, just like everything else. Uh, but we got like three weeks to narrow a lot of it down. Um, yeah, Missy, that's a good question. That oh. I don't know. What would you guys, Eddie, what would you say? I mean, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's That's a tough one, you know? And I think, I think when it all comes down to it, it's your day. Whatever you want to do, however you're feeling, is what the decision that you make. Like, uh, if you're not, you don't feel comfortable, you don't think it's fair to Caitlin, whatever. I, I was mean, reading I wouldn't a, do it. a story about weddings, and they say that, you know, a lot of women, when they're young girls, have an idea of what, they, what the wedding would be like. But more guys know what they want their wedding to be like than girls. You think? That's what the story said. What? I, I did not think once about my wedding. I really haven't thought about it either, other than me probably performing during <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. Which, that's thinking about it, though. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Okay. I never would perform that. You wouldn't? It. Raymundo, did you have any idea what you wanted your wedding to be like? Listen, when I'm going to show up on October 24th, it's going to be like, oh, this is nice. This is really cool. You guys have done a really good job. <laughs> I have no idea what they've been doing at all, and I have no input, and I don't care about an input. I know it'll be beautiful, though. I did see your fiance say yesterday she did not agree with you about Mike D proposing and that she wasn't upset about that. Yeah, so I guess she was on the other side of that one. So I should have I should have not uh, went after Mike D for the proposal. It should have just flown. But yeah, she's not on my side on that one. Mike D is out on the streets right now holding a sign. And it's a big old poster board sign. Mike D, what does the sign say? It says, I've been a bad boy and this is my punishment. And why are you holding that sign? Because I failed at recommending you guys movies. And what are people saying to you out on the street? They're asking what I did wrong. They want to know why I've been a bad boy. Do they think you cheated on your girl? Like, are people asking anything specific? No, they're just asking what I did. They want to know. They're curious. Anybody <laughs> anybody interesting come by? Any country music stars? Because you're right out there in the middle of the circle. 
No, nobody yet. Just, I think a listener haunts by, and that's about it. All right, my idea is out right now. It, it called the the whip around. What's what's that yeah, called? The whoop the around. Whip, the whoop around. The, <laughs> the naked statue. The roundabout. The roundabout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, he'll be out there for the next few minutes. You can watch it on Instagram Live where Mike D's out there paying off his punishment. The world's most expensive piece of ham just sold for $14,000. Are you out of your mind? A ham producer, which there's a thing, recently announced that it sold the most expensive piece of ham in the world. The buyer was from Japan and spent $14,000 for one slice of ham. Oh! Julio Revilla, president of... I don't know, this ham place. (laughs) (laughs) Said that the record-breaking piece of ham was prepared following the strict instructions of the buyer. They requested that the ham come from an Iberian pig, at least two years old, that had been grazing in the mountains of Sierra Mayor for at least 100 days. The animal had to gain at least 100 kilos. It sounds like a prenup for the crazy people. (laughs) Like, you can only wear this and eat this. The animal had to gain at least 100 kilos during the time they spent grazing and that their diet consisted of only acorns and herbs. Finally, the curing period of the ham was five years, double the normal curing period for premium ham. Priced at $14,100, the Iberian ham was already featured on the Japanese team show, uh, TV show The Fair Price. That is, that's that berserk. So not only did he pay all that money, he had to wait five years for it. Well, I think it's not worth that money unless you wait five years for it. Okay. I don't think you just point at a pig like Red Lobster and be like, I'll take that one and then pay $14,000 for it. Do you even like ham? Yeah, I like ham. Ham is solid as far as meats go. Like, it's solid. Okay. Bologna, I love bologna because we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so we could afford bologna, white bread with a lot of mustard. So I have an affinity for bologna still. Sure. Probably not the healthiest. Not even sure what goes in it. We don't even know what it is. Not going to Google it. Don't want to see a YouTube of it. I like that because it makes me think of being a kid. Um, but my favorite meats, sandwich meats. Turkey. Come on. Turkey's great. Yeah. I love some roast beef occasionally okay. if okay. done right. With you know, with the with the right you know, tomato. <laughs> ham is right in the it, ham's a solid five on okay. the scale. Like ham and cheese, hot ham and cheese. I do like a ham. The ham is just a, a medium placeholder for meat. Like, if you want a solid meat, that's ham. But what are you going to put around it? Yeah. Like, ham is only as good as its buddies. Right. Ham can be bad, too, if its buddies aren't good. If you're not putting good stuff with it. Yeah, but ham's just in the middle there. It's good ham talk right But I do like like pepper turkey, pepper ham. Yes, man. I would go into, like, Kroger and tell the guy, I'll take a... First, I'd be like, give me a pound of pepper ham. (laughs) And the guy would be like, you want a pound? I didn't know the difference. (laughs) It's a lot. I'd be like, I'll take a pound. And the guy gives me like a kilo, like you see on the drug cartel shows. A brick. A, yeah. I get that of ham. And I'm like, well, holy crap, that's way too much. You said a pound, buddy. Well, then I go in and be like, hey, can I get like an eighth? And he'd do like one slice with that machine. And like, here you go. You just can't get it right. I'd be like, that's it. Can I get another eighth? So my life in my 20s was trying to figure out that balance of exactly how much yeah. meat I would eat during the day. I still tell him, I'll tell you when to stop. Oh, you do that? You're like oh, the pepper grinder. Because I, I don't know. You're the pepper grinder <laughs> yeah. guy at the grocery store. Yes. He's over there chopping the meat. All right, get another one. Another one. Can you go in and say, can I just get enough for one sandwich? Is that a thing? You yeah, can yeah. weigh yeah, it? Can. Yeah, no problem. Can you give me uh, two cuts of that and then put it on the scale here? Ooh, 19 cents. Can you cut a piece of that off and take it back? <laughs> Dude, you talk about pepper grinder? Yeah. I don't know why, but I went back to watch the Saturday Night Live bit where I think it's Will Ferrell with a pepper grinder. Yeah. And he's like, tell me when to stop. And the guy's mad at him. He doesn't doesn't tell him when to stop. He's like, it's burning. 
It hurts. <laughs> this is Anita in Maryland who's on the phone. Anita, what's going on? Welcome to the Bobby Bone Show. Hi, how are you guys doing? We are pretty good. What can we do for you? So, I need some advice. I have been with my boyfriend for 10 years on and off. Um, we officially moved in together at the beginning of the pandemic, but I've known him since I was 17. And I'm ready to move forward to the next step of getting married. And he, every time I mention it, just kind of brushes it off. Like, hey, change the subject. So I don't know what I should do. Well, you're going to have to draw a line at some point. It could be today. It could be a year. You're going to have to decide when the line is drawn. But the thing about drawing a line is if you draw the line, you have to live by that line. Because if you draw the line and then you don't live by it, they know they'll never have to respect a line the rest of their life. So if you say... And I'll go to Eddie's story in a second because he had a pooper get off the pot scenario <laughs> in his marriage. Yeah, sure did. To be married. Yeah. So you've been together with him on and off for 10 years. You know. He should know. He's only not committing because you're not making him commit. He's not ever just going to walk into it at this point. He's not going to wake up one morning and go, you know what? The last 10 years and three months, I really haven't known. But today I got it. Yeah. That's never going to happen. He may love you. He may want to be with you. He just can't. Something inside of him won't let him Walk up to that spot. So my advice to you is, and and Eddie's going to tell a story after this. My advice to you is you have to give him some sort of poop or get off the pot, which means we got to do this or we're not going to do it. And I need to move on with my life and start taking the destruction of what this is going to do to me and then rebuilding it so I can be healthy for someone else. So you don't think her throwing pepper in there every now and then like, hey, uh, let's talk about marriage real quick and him brushing it off. That's not going to help. I was thinking about it. Not going to help. Not help before, not going to help in the future. You have to make him commit one way or the other, and you have to put a line down and go, This is, you have to decide by this point. If not, I'm gone. Then you got to go. If you say you're going to go, you got to go. Eddie, what happened to you and your wife? So we'd been dating for about six years until she finally said, Hey, listen, we have to make a decision here. We've been dating for six years. I don't know if I want to date much longer if we're not going to get married. And so. When she told me that, honestly, and I'm completely honest, I did not think about marriage before she even mentioned that. I don't know if it's instilled in just me or guys in general, but not once did I think like, oh, yeah, six years. It's time to get married. So the fact that she said that really made me be like, whoa, okay, yeah, I guess she's right. There is no other girl that I'd rather be with. She is the woman of my dreams, my life. Like, all right, it's time to get married. So until she said that, Honestly, I really didn't even think about it. So your story's a little different than hers, but what would you tell her? What's what's your advice to Anita in Maryland? Well, the first thing I thought when she said, you know, that he tries to brush it off a little bit, uh, I remember a period in my relationship when after she told me that I was planning the engagement, and anytime she mentioned it, I tried to brush it off. So I don't know if I'm overstepping my opinion here, but that could be the case. Anita, is there any chance after 10 years he's already planning it and that's why he's brushing it off? Well, to be honest with you, I bought the engagement ring, and he knows that I bought it, oh. but he's still off. Oh. Okay, maybe not. Yeah. I could be completely wrong about that. Anita, honestly, it's difficult, but you have to go, this is the this is what we're going to do, and if we don't do it, that's okay. I'll still love you, but to be fair to me, I can't sit here in this purgatory forever. I need to go to heaven or go to hell, and you can define which one's which in that situation, but you can't just sit in purgatory. So... If you're worried about your long-term health, mentally, you need to have him commit to something. Even a date to commit to. Yeah. You can say, what is today, the October 7th? You can say, hey, 
by January 1st, I need to know what you're going to do here. And if not, but you haven't told them to think about it. I'm not even going to pressure you or say one thing to you about it until then. I know in my situation, man, I needed that push. Anita, what do you think about that? I think that's a good idea because um, he's kind of like a laid back, casual, you know, don't hook into Matata kind of dude. What a wonderful so. phrase. Boy, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. Yeah, that's our favorite movie. <laughs> do you want us to talk to him? <laughs> Right now, he's on heavy equipment. Well, okay. Well, if you do decide you want us to talk to him, I'd be happy to have a conversation with him. But until then, that's my recommendation, okay? <laughs> Thank you for the call. Appreciate you listening, Anita. Of course. I listen every single day. Thank you. Update us, too, with whatever happens, okay? Oh, of course. All right. See you later. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. want to go over here. We got a call. And by, by the way, we walk on these calls, Anita Vice. Trust me. It's limitless with me. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hey, you're actually pretty good at advice. Patrick in Alabama, you are on the show. What's going on with you? Hey, Bobby Bones. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Thanks for calling. Cool, cool. So, yeah, the question that I had for everybody is I'm going to propose to my girlfriend, and I'm trying to figure out how. Her best friend is getting married in a few months, and we're going to the wedding, and her best friend, who is getting married, as well as her parents, want me to propose to her after uh, they throw the bouquet to my girlfriend. And I've always thought that proposing at someone else's wedding was uh, something you don't do. Um, wondering what you guys think. Don't do it. I don't care how much they say to do it. This is her day. It's also like someone proposing on Christmas Eve or New Year's. My opinion here. That's a day meant for that already. Like, have your own day. You don't need to go to her best friend's wedding, even if her best friend doesn't care. Because still a lot of the attention is going to be on the best friend. It's not going to be on your girl when it could be and should be on your girl if there are people there. I would recommend that you not do it at someone else's wedding. Even if the best friend's like, hey, I love it. It's really cool. I would recommend you not do it. Now, because all the friends and family are going to be close and near, you could do it very close to that. Especially if you have the sign off from the best friend. Yeah. Because that's important. How often do you get a bunch of people together, especially now in, in Corona land? So my advice would be, don't do it during the wedding, regardless of what they're trying to get you to do. But do it around the wedding, because it sounds like she's not worried about thunder being stolen. She's the opposite of Raymundo. <laughs> she's there to share thunder, not have it stolen. But I would not do it during the wedding. Heck, man, you can do it that night after the wedding's over when you're by yourself. You could be, hey, this has really been a great night. Like, I can't wait to marry you. Let's go Let's go on a drive. And then take drive somewhere and do it there and have the other people that you love up there waiting after the wedding. You could do it like that. That's a good idea. Don't do it at the wedding. Man, the the feeling of of maybe witnessing that happening feels weird. Like even just thinking about the it. The awkwardness of someone proposing yes. at someone else's wedding. Yeah. Okay. Patrick, how you feel about that? Uh, I th- I think that you guys have uh, have helped me a lot. Cause that's kind of how I felt and they were trying to push me into it. And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. But yeah, I appreciate it. Your instincts were right, my friend. Have a good day. All right, bye. All right, see you later. We often hear people that win lottery prizes end up really screwed up and worse off. Psychologically, they say you're screwed up and worse off. What do you think about that, Lunchbox? I think they're full of crap. (laughs) Well, so the deal is, as long as you don't win the massive, massive prizes, you're great. You win a million bucks, life's great. It really only happens to folks who win the 400 million, 200 million. But why? If you have $400 million, everything's peachy. Money doesn't fix stuff. Coming from someone who was completely broke and living in poverty to where I am now, 
you have different it's just problems. Problems are problems. Money doesn't really change anything. Um, but what happens is, is that folks come and they're like, oh, let me get this from you for a loan. It creates weird relationships. Um, I, I do think some of your life, some of the pressures are alleviated, but other ones are, are, are new. Yeah, when you're living on your own private island, they can't come get your money. People try to kill you for your money. Not on my private island. Okay, well, apparently that's when they went through and talked to these folks. That's what happened. The people that had won up to only a couple million dollars were super happy. But once it hit a certain point, they were like, no, this has actually been detrimental to my health, having all this money. So there you go. Go out today, but win the lottery, but only win yeah, medium the, amount. Yeah, the little the one. Win Don't win million. the big wins. <laughs> all right, that's what's up. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bobby Bones.